not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another Mobile-rific episode of Fan Holes, Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I'm joined by my fellow Gundam enthusiast and co-host. Why don't you give a shout out, man? Hey, I'm Mike, also known as Bat Neils. Bat Neils, what were you doing at the Bat Docks? <laughs> Awesome. So this week we are talking about Build Fighters. The episode that we're going to be discussing is called Ashtray's Blade. And as you may be able to tell by our little witty banter and commentary, this episode is pretty heavily focused on Niels Nielsen, early genius, Samurai Boy, the the kind of Batman fan aura Esque character of the show. The episode opens with Niels Nielsen in his ashtray fighting the Gundam Virtue. And they kind of go into more detail about, because I, I mean, I don't know, have we seen, has it really been explained? Like what, I know we sort of know they gave some backstory as to what he does, like that, you know, his parents, you know, kind of taught him some of the Chinese martial arts and stuff like that. But I think this is the first time they explicitly spell out, like, his sword can match the frequency of beam weapons fire, and, and during this fight with the Gundam Virtue, he basically pulls the whole Star Trek thing where they, they find the right frequency of the Borg shielding and then, you know, shoot right through it, basically. And that's, that's how he kind of makes short work of his opponent in this opening scene. But do, do you recall that? I mean, am I misremembering? Like, do they explain this before this episode? I don't... Uh, not in this much detail. Like, I think yeah, it seems, say... like, it seems like this is the first time they go into explicit yeah. detail about how his powers work. I think they just kind of uh, speculate that he's, like, manipulating the Plasky particles or something. Yeah, yeah, and in this case, it's like it's very explicit that he's he's basically you know rotating the frequency. It's you know Commander Worf is is basically like change the setting, 
Hawks, and we will shoot through the shields, you know, like that kind of stuff. So it's like trying to get the photon torpedo through the, the Klingon shields and stuff, and that's basically what, what they do, what he does in this case, and, and basically how his weapons work, because he's not a... He, he doesn't really use long-range weapons. He uses... Well, I guess... I don't know, it's weird. His sword can kind of... It, it's one of those weird things where the way he double slashes with his sword, it could kind of become a long-range weapon, but it's it's more about, you know, energy projection and stuff like that than, than rifles and machine gun fire and cannons and stuff like that. He's fighting the Gundam Virtue. You know, I, I tend to cheat these days and look at the Gundam Wiki for trivia and stuff like that, but I figure since you're a big fan of Double O... I was like, well, what what can you tell us about the the Gundam Virtue? It's uh, the from uh, the first season of Double O. It's a Tieria Arde suit, and I, I thought it was pretty hilarious who the pilot was. The pilot was the fake like pilot from the like movie they made of like Gun. Well, the movie within the movie. Yeah, the movie Double within o. the movie. Yeah. 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 And like quite hilariously, like Tyria Arde is like the like probably the girliest member of the team, like the most pretty boy, like Bishonen looking guy. And like in 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 universe in the Double O universe when they made like a a movie about celestial being like in typical Hollywood fashion, like they they cast the pilot of like that Gundam or the equivalent to Tieria as this big scary looking black guy, which is I thought that was pretty hilarious, but yeah, but yeah, he's so the one who's totally piloting. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't look anything like it. Yeah, so it's like this big like Michael Clark Duncan guy. <laughs> Damn celestial being! Why do you continue to fight? Your puppet government has been dismantled, and the birth of a new administration has begun. What did you say? We're here to create a new world. That is our reason for fighting. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And then, and then also, like the other thing, I don't know if this is just me, but like I kind of noticed, it seemed like Niels Nielsen's musical theme, like his his little phrase, like I don't know what it is, but it kind of it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Naruto, like the kind of like Naruto type themes that they have when everybody's sort of fighting and getting all all into battle and stuff like that. He's and it's got kind of like an Oriental like style. Yeah, 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 and, and it kind of—I mean, I—I I, I would say like the the ninja type stuff in in Naruto is kind of similar. Like it's kind of got that those those I guess tools, whatever musical instruments, like you know the the pipes and the the wind instruments that make all those kind of musical chords and notes and stuff like that. I guess they you know they, it kind of cuts to Sai and Reiji, and basically they're super excited. Like they can't wait to test their metal against Niels Nielsen. And as Nielsen is walking off, you know, after the match is concluded, there is Miss Baker, and of course we remember in the after credits from the last episode, she was trying to come up with some kind of new scheme for Chairman Mashida. And so she's there waiting for Niels Nielsen, and it's kind of funny because, you know, we're also doing the whole, you know, I'm Bat Nielsen. You know, type thing, and, and basically, it's it's kind of atypical prep time nonsense where Miss Baker's like, "Oh, I, I want you to come with me," and he's like, "That's just as I planned." <laughs> you know, like totally in the plan. 
you know, so so basically Niels Nielsen, I guess, was prepared to be engaged by Miss Baker. Like he, I guess, this was all part of his long-term game plan to find out the secrets of the Plotsky particles from the PPSE. And then Miss Baker basically makes him an offer, and she says that they're willing to be his personal sponsor. But Niels Nielsen basically is like, "Hey, I've I've already got a sponsor." And he's kind of like, well, why, why are you guys offering to sponsor me when technically you guys should be sponsoring the Majin? Like, aren't you guys sponsoring the Majin already? You know, and he's kind of questioning Miss Baker at that point. And, you know, Miss Baker gives some kind of BS excuse about, you know, the, oh, the, the chairman wants to support excellent players, you know, and, and, and he's not really buying it. It's, it's again, more prep time and more chess. It's very political. You have to sort of read between all the lines. And he ends up accepting their offer, but he accepts with the caveat that he gets to make a request. And his request is that he wants to have a look at the Plovsky Particle Factory. And Miss Baker basically is saying, look, I need to run this past the management first, so why don't we have you look at it until the quarterfinals are over? And, you know, in reality, she's basically kind of biding her time, you know, trying to get him to engage Sai and Reiji in a fight and, and work that to her advantage. But she knows that, you know, in reality, they're never going to let him look at the the factory, that he's never going to be allowed or be granted permission to have access to the secrets. So she's not really planning on honoring her end of the agreement. Bat Niels seems aware of this, too. He's like, just as I planned, I planned that she planned, that I planned, like, and then <laughs> Well, yeah, it's funny, because they, they, they do a flashback to his little Metal Gear spy session when he was originally spying on Chairman Mishida, and, you know, he, he was able to glean that somebody knew a secret of his, but he wasn't sure who it was at the time, and now that he's flashing back, He's basically, since he's been made this offer, now that he's going up against Sai and Reiji, he he basically says, using my keen, bat-like detective skill and deductive reasoning, I can only assume that either Sai or Reiji knows Chairman Mishida's secret. So, like, now he's he, he's not sure which one knows the secret, but he's he basically knows that that one of the two knows something about Plofsky particles. And then all of a sudden, while he's having this, this introspective moment alone in his room, somebody covers his eyes, and then he tries to do some kind of, like, kung fu moves on them, and then we realize it's actually Miss Caroline who has come to, I guess, cheer on who she's calling... She's calling Niels her boyfriend, because I guess he made her the the gunpla model and then her father is basically his actual sponsor as opposed to the the PPSE team and basically she kind of makes this this leap in logic being kind of a spoiled rich girl that if you know her father's sponsoring him then i guess she you know he he then is her property like almost <laughs> like you are my boyfriend you belong to me my father sponsors you i, I like and, how he, i yeah. like how he's all like that formula does not make sense like it <laughs> does not like, follow I, logic like <laughs> it's like just because a equals b b does not equal c 
And then, of course, what what I think is funny is, of course, the, the character basically Niels turns white as a sheet because he's being called her boyfriend. And then he he, he basically, it's like he. It's funny. I don't. I don't know how to like. It's weird. Like he's he's grown as a character on me. Like I really didn't care for the character at all when he first showed up. And now, I mean, you, you can kind of relate to him a little bit. It seems like you're seeing through some of the cracks. I still don't know that I completely understand. Like he's working within the system, and and he's got the father sponsoring her or, or sponsoring him. You know, but but he's not. It's like he, he kind of. He's not too keen on the idea of her being his girlfriend, but at the same time, he never really shoots her down. So it's almost like, you know, you know how like silence is uh, another way of, you know, acceptance or, you know, like, you know, basically, you know, some people say remaining silent is like, oh, it's silent opposition. But in this case, it's almost like silent acceptance. Like, okay, fine. I will, you know, he's like, I will be your boyfriend, you crazy broad, just to... (laughs) You know, just to get you to stop being crazy for five minutes, you know? Well, I'd like to say I've never known girls like that, but that would be a lie. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like he's got to say he's honored. He's like, uh, you know, because she's about to go ape shit on him. She's like, like, what do you mean? You know, like, you do not like me! You know, like, and it's like, no, 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 I like you just fine. Like, you're awesome. Like, you're the greatest person ever. Just don't, don't get all anime angry temples on me or whatever. He's just yeah. like, just know this one thing, Caroline. Like, the mission comes first. He's like, he's like, you gotta be who you gotta be. And then, I'm gonna leap off this roof. And then, and then I guess to, to juxtapose, like, a kind of forced romanticism, you know, we're, we're actually cutting to what is pretty much a, a legitimate romance that's happening between Ricardo Fellini and Gunpla Idol Kirara. But of course she's in her little black wig, her her incognito, you know, non-idol disguise and everything. I was going to ask you like it's kind of a blink and you miss it, but did you did you notice like any cameos when they're at the bar dining room and yeah, having their little isn't, moments? Isn't Miss Sumeragi there, but she's like blonde instead yeah, of like a Yeah, brunette. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was Miss Sumeragi was there, my my lady, Miss Sumeragi, and then uh, they also mentioned that uh, in the table in the back, it's like Graham Aker and Daryl Dodge. I mean, Daryl's pretty clear; you can see oh, him the off guy the, with the right. dreadlocks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then Howard Mason. So it's supposed to be like a bunch of people from Double O, I guess, because they're they're doing a bunch of nods to that. You should be careful. If you don't watch it, your precious captain could shoot you in the back too. You die. How dare you say that crap? The, the head writer of this show used to be one of the head writers for Double O, so it seems okay, like he likes okay. doing that. Yeah, he throws in little nods to his his other babies, his other characters. So yeah, that's cool. Niels Nielsen decides that again, like we're talking about, the mission is everything. So he sets up a secret meet with Reiji and Sai to see if either of them can recall the secret of the Plosky particles. Because he's basically revealing to them, he's like, look, I know I'm going up against you guys next. I'm pretty sure, based on Miss Baker coming to me, that one of you two know the real secret of the Plosky particles. 
And he says, if you agree to tell me the secret, you know, whenever you remember it, then I will withdraw from the tournament. And and it's almost like it's a very smug. This is kind of going back to the the original character's concept, the, the kind of stuff that pisses you off about him, where he, it's the smug attitude of he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys win. And, of course, that kind of pisses off Ragey, because it's like, what the fuck? What, what do you mean you'll let me win? Like, how do you know you're going to fucking win? You know, like, what? why are you so fucking cocky and self-assured? You know, like, the, the, those were the kind of original character traits that made him a, a not-so-likable character. So the, those kind of have, have, again, sort of reared their their ugly head. So, you, you, you know, you're kind of on the lead character side, where you're like, what the fuck? Like, what's your problem? You know, Niels Nielsen basically is just saying, look, my only goal is to uncover these secrets of how Plosky particles work. And he, he's basically talking about scientific advancements and things outside of, of Gunpla Battle. And even Psy is basically starting to get pissed off because he, he, he's like, look, I don't I don't see the point of winning you know, win, winning by you withdrawing, you know, by, by you conceding, to, to him, it's not a legitimate victory. And then Niels Nielsen basically crosses the line for even Cy, who's a pretty mellow and easygoing kid, right? He basically says, look, this is just a mere battle of toys. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't call it a mere battle of toys. Because we all know, if you've been listening to this podcast, everyone knows that Gunpla is serious business, <laughs> so you don't you don't call it a mere battle of toys because that just that that's like then all of a sudden everybody's clenching their fists and gritting their teeth and they're all pissed off and everything, and you know size basically like go do your sciency fucking science somewhere else because this fucking tournament this arena is for Gunpla battle which is serious fucking business, and so they they basically they they kind of tell him off and he's like look I guess this. He's like, I guess this is not going to, we're not going to come to a mutual agreement on this arrangement and everything. And then, I, I don't know if you've ever seen this show or not, but it, it's kind of like Reiji almost quotes one of my favorite lines from Elreka 7, where the, in, in the Elreka 7, I think the line is like, Don't beg for things. Do it yourself or else you won't get anything. And, like, I think what the, the line that Reiji says, the way they translate it is, well, look, dude, if you want something, Niels Nilsson, you win it yourself and don't go beg someone else for it. So it's kind of, it, it just seems like it's a similar theme or a similar, you know, maybe, you know, it's just in the translation, there's, you know, different ways to translate it. But it, it reminded me of that that line from Elreka 7, so. yeah. I thought the funny thing about that scene is like, like when you if you apply real world logic to it, like Niels is like absolutely totally right. Like he was like, what if these particles can like cure cancer or like you know stop world hunger or something like that? But like you know, obviously like in in Gumpla like logic, it's completely wrong. It's like what <laughs> like you know I love what Yahoo <laughs> say is like what what are you talking about cure cancer? You know, this is for Gumpla battle, dude. Like, like step <laughs> off, man. It's serious fucking business, man. I mean, they they kind of turn it around on him because they're like, look, if you want if you want the secret so bad, you got to beat us. Like, don't get all smug and cocky, like saying you're gonna throw the battle. It's like you got to win against us before we even agree to help you, type thing. 
and you know then then maybe we'll agree to help you or whatever and then you know it, it's the same stuff he's like well remember dudes i'm strong i'm strong i'm like batman i got prep time i'm strong and Sai and Reiji are kind of like, dude, it's on now. Like they're like they're like we're gonna fucking win. Like we're we're winning this. And the basically it's the next day then, and the tournament is gonna start. And everybody in the supporting cast is there to watch this match. The Majin is like, holy. And I guess that means that he's, like, noticing that Sai and Reiji are, like, super fired up or whatever. And he's like, I wonder what, you know, he's like, what what got under their pants? You know, like, what, what what's going on? The match takes place in Field 11, which is a big castle. And I guess that's supposed to be a nod to the headquarters of the Musha Gundams. It's from, like, the SD Gundam Mach 3, where they're all kind of, like, feudal looking SD Gundams and stuff, and so their headquarters kind of looks like that, the castle that's in the Gunpla match and stuff like that. That's cool. See, I I wouldn't know that. I'm not very well versed in, like, SD Gundam. Yeah, that's something we should probably check out for fun. I mean, like, it's weird, though. It's like, the the SD Gundam stuff, it's like, the the old school stuff, like, you... I can see why it was never imported over here, because so much of it is contingent on you either knowing certain things about Japanese culture or you, you have to be like, like Sai is, you know, a super mega Gundam fan. And we hadn't even had, I think like Zeta or, you know, we've never had double Zeta officially released over here, you know? So it's like, there, there's so many super deformed versions of like Camille and Judao and characters like that. And they're all, you know, they're all in like little tiny super deformed houses where like, like Camille lives next door to Char and Amaro and houses and stuff. And it's kind of goofy like that, you know? So it's like, it's like you, it'd be hard. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like probably I would imagine it's like watching Teen Titans go and like not knowing who Batman is when he makes like random cameos or something, you know, but I guess we get right into the nitty gritty of the fight. Uh, I'll try to go through this pretty quick and then we can talk about it a little bit, but basically it opens up with a beam rifle blast from the star build strike. And as we sort of described the way the ashtray's powers work, he cuts the beam in half and they go to either side and don't affect him. And basically Fellini's even noting that their ace in the hole or one of the star build strikes ace in the hole, the absorb shield is going to end up being useless as well because there's no beam weapons for them to absorb. So they basically decide we're going to toss away all that bullshit and we're just going to amp up the RG system. And so they're kind of parrying and moving about and the build knuckle is what owns the ashtray swords and breaks them all up. But then the ashtray owns the build strike's right arm with his special move, which it's it's like I guess it's a uh, it's supposed to be a Chinese term, and they kind of pronounce it as hake, but they spell it as f a g i n. So I'm like okay, and it's like Mr. Rawl kind of serves as Mr. Exposition, and he's telling the audience that this basically is like a super secret you know, Chinese art, I don't know, you know, basically related to sending your key energy into an opponent's body, and then it destroys them from within. So that's basically what that move is intended to do. 
And then even Majin Kawaguchi makes this comment, and then it goes into, like, a bunch of weird history stuff, which I'm sure Justin would know more about than any of us, but he basically comments that it's odd that the Gundam is named Sengoku, you know, because it's the Sengoku ashtray, but that Niels Nielsen uses Chinese martial arts. And I guess, I, I don't know if this means that the Majin is ignorant of history, or if it's just the terminology used is odd because basically the Sengoku era is supposed to be a period of Japanese history where there's constant military conflict, but it's named after a period of Chinese history, which is like, uh, you know, before the birth of Christ, where basically I think it literally translates into like the warring states period in China, where, you know, China was not unified at that point in, in history. And so you had all these different warring states. So kind of similar, I guess, to the Sengoku era. Like, I guess one, you know, is named after the other. So I'm, I, I don't know exactly why. I'm not sure why he thinks that's odd. Like, I, I guess I need more cultural understanding or, or somebody to explain it to me. Like, uh, unless unless he just doesn't know the connection to China. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he's ignorant of that. But it seems odd that a character like the Majin would be ignorant of it. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on, on how that went down. But this is all in the middle of this fight, and it turns out that, you know, basically the build knuckle was delayed, kind of like when, like, Storm Shadow would, like, chop up a military tank, and then, like, five minutes later all the parts would, like, slide off and it would just explode or whatever. So kind of the same way, it's like, Everybody's like, oh, the build knuckle did get it, you know, and it's like, it looks like, you know, the ashtray's right arm basically explodes as well. So, and then, and then it's like the left-handed build knuckle versus the left-handed Heike, you know, and then, then, then they're both armless, and you're like, oh man, like, where's this gonna go next? And then all of a sudden, Miss Baker suspends the match, and they give you some excuse like it's for repairs. I don't know that they've ever, I don't recall them ever suspending a match like this before right in the middle of it, but it's kind of like in a race, like where people go to the, the pit stop, you know, and they kind of fuel up and give them new tires. And if there's any damage on the car, they try to repair it and everything like as quick as they can and then send them out. And it's kind of like the same idea, I guess, except for if you, if you don't get back into the fight within a certain period of time, then you're automatically disqualified. And, you know, in the middle of this, they're, they're all kind of trying to repair their, you know, they've, their arms are blown off on the suits and everything. So both parties are trying to repair their stuff. And there's this kind of funny interaction where China or Kosaka is in the stands. And, of course, she's cheering on her man, Sai. And then the entire crowd is cheering. And it's this, like, awesome thing. But then it's like... Miss Caroline, her rival for life, I guess, like, she, she has to be a rival in this, too, is, like, she's got to stand up and, and cheer for Niels Nielsen. It's like, that's my man, too, you know? So it was kind of funny, and of course he's... Niels is all like, please shut up. Like, yeah, it's like, he's so, like, like embarrassed by the whole thing. And, like, I almost was like, man, did they get disqualified? Because they, they really cut it down to, like, the last millisecond. But then it's like, oh, they made it, they made it, they made it, you know? And they jump in, and and you're like, well, you know, I guess, I guess it was supposed to make you wonder, like, you know, because Reggie's like, hurry up, Cy, come on! And you're like, what is Cy doing? And, of course, you know it's going to be their, their trump card, whatever the hell it was that he did, but you don't know what it is yet. I don't know. To me, it was like, the, then the last couple 
seconds of the fight is like lots of last minute neener neener trash talk is like is like you're gonna lose no you're gonna lose no I, i'm gonna win and it's like no we're gonna win you know it's like me no me me like that's basically like kind of how it it ends with them basically facing off against each other kind of trash talking each other until they they both like meet head on and stuff like that but it looks like Niels Nielsen super attack the the whole transferring his key energy and destroying from within is not going to work because the super secret ingredient is instant glue. So basically, I guess he's covered his arm, his right arm, with instant glue, and basically, I guess that can you can't transfer the key energy through that, uh, you know, I guess basically that's what it is. It's like, he can't, he can't blow up that arm. And so then the build knuckle basically, you know, owns the ashtray for good after he tries to do another swipe at him and he ducks and then he basically obliterates him and everything. Then Miss Baker's off to the side with this weird anime blank stare of like, what the just happened, you know, and then she didn't expect that to come at all. And I mean, th- that's pretty much it. Like it, it ends with a nice arc for Niels Nielsen. I, I think all Batman fans and Batman fanboys should take note of this arc because I, I think it's it's kind of important because it ends with him basically. He, he's no longer concerned about like the mission. It's like he's running up to them and being like, he holds up his, his damaged gunpla model and he's like, look, the next time we fight, I'm going to win. And he's basically making this vow. And, you know, Ragey and Sai are kind of like happy that he's not still on about the Plotsky particles. And and even Sai kind of says, look, I, I, I'm sorry for the things I said before. I think I, I misunderstood you. Like, you, you do like gunpla. And... And the most important part of it is he has a little interaction with Miss Caroline and, and he kind of owns up to it. You know, he, he actually acknowledges like, I'm a kid. I like having fun. This battle was fun. And I do like Gunpla. And, and I, I kind of think that's important for all the, you know, bat fans because it, it's this archetypical character of like, I'm grim. Everything's serious and angsty and, you know, and it's like it, it's kind of nice to, you know, if you, it's that kind of interpretation of Batman where it's like, you know, people like, Batman doesn't smile, Batman can't <laughs> smile, and it's like, well, actually, yeah, he can smile, and on top of that, why would he smile? Because he likes kicking criminal ass, do you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's at, you know, there's, there's that kind of version of Batman where it's like, he has fun doing it, it's like, it brings a smile to his face to prevent other people from going through what he went through, you know? And so I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like his arc in this where it's like, he basically sort of admits like, look, I, I like this stuff and this stuff is fun. And, and, and it seems like, you know, even Sai and Reiji, you know, they, they both come to an understanding with him and they're kind of like, look, you know, we, we sort of get you now and we're still going to win the next time we fight, but if there's anything we can do to help you out in the future, like, let us know. And that's basically where the episode ends. And oddly enough, there is no after credits on this episode. So there's nothing to talk about for the after credits. Was there? I don't even remember. Yeah, there's no there's no after credits in this episode. It, oh, it, I guess it's notable for being an episode that has no after credits. 
Because every episode up to this point had after credits, but this one does not. So. Oh, yeah, you're right. Now that I think of it, I was like, I guess it just didn't occur to me. I guess it's a pretty complete episode as it is. So. Yeah, I guess I guess they didn't need to entice you with any other tidbits or something. I guess that was all they had to say. I mean, yeah. I mean, do you want to talk any more about Niels Nielsen, uh, Mike? Like, uh, uh, yeah, art? I agree with okay. you. Like, I think this is a, a pretty good conclusion to it. Well, he's still got things to do before the series ends, but this is a good conclusion to his main drive, like, throughout, like, since he's been introduced. And, uh, you know, he, he pretty much, he becomes, as, like, the next episode will show, he becomes, like, a member of the Justice League, like, after this episode, pretty much. I, I was going to say, I was going to say the Little Rascals, but, but <laughs> yeah. Justice, Justice League Justice League works, too. <laughs> the Little Justice League, I guess, yeah. I don't know, but, yeah, like, you know, you, you gain some, some more respect and, like, you know, you sympathy for him more or less and yeah i mean i don't i think like i i was kind of like laughing at like miss baker's plan like in this episode where like you know i guess she assumed that with like by giving them a time out that it would give Niels like a chance to like improve or or give maybe give her an excuse to disqualify like say in ragey but clearly like it backfired on her like very spectacularly and, like, you know, when I when this episode first came out, like, I remember looking on a board and people were kind of like, well, like, Say and Reiji cheated because, like, they had, like, pre-not, like, after that, like, you know, that, that break, you know, like, they, they knew how to, like, you know, like, hack the particle, like, like, whatever thing Niels was doing. And I was kind of like, yeah, but they cheated first. So, I mean, it's, a, it's like... It's not like they took advantage of them being taken advantage of, pretty much. So, like, I, like I didn't see it that way, basically. Wait, they, they uh, but I mean, I, I don't understand. Like, like, yeah, I don't, I don't even see how it's cheating. Like, because if yeah, if, I, like, if, I don't, if you I guess, if you learn if you learn something through the course of the battle. And you can make adjustments. Like, how is that cheating? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, especially because they, they, like, I know all of a sudden, like, this is the first time we've seen a, a timeout. You know, this, this kind of, you know, pit stop in the middle of a fight. But I mean, if that's that, you know, if that's part of the the rules, you know, where it's like, oh, we we can't continue because of technical difficulties, and because both fighters have no fucking arms, <laughs> it's like if that's if that's the way they choose to go with it. I mean, they didn't do that with Ricardo Fellini and and Cy and Regi's fight when they were both headless and armless and everything. But I mean, if that was, I I just I don't see why it's cheating, you know? Yeah, no, I I guess like it's kind of like they figure. Yeah, like, if Niels didn't do anything to adjust, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it seems uneven or something. But, yeah, or, but, but or, he or, did or, do something to adjust. He fucking put both his arms back yeah. on. I mean, it's like, it's like imagine, like, to me, I always think of it like that cheap bullshit in a video game where you spend all this time getting this guy's, this boss's life energy below a certain level, you know, to, like, the last quarter you know, and you, you know, you chop off his left arm, you chop off his right arm. It's like, oh man, you did a number on this guy. And then all of a sudden the video game's like, oh, technical difficulties. Now you must step aside for a minute. And video games do do this. And in the middle of that, 
then all of a sudden he goes from having a quarter health left to having like 75% of his health left. And you're like, oh, what a load of bullshit. I just fucking, you know, beat him down to like 25% of his health, and now I've got to do it all over again? Like, I mean, if anything's cheap, it's fucking Miss Baker and the fucking timeout. You yeah. Know? No, no, I get I get what you're saying, and I agree, but I, I was just kind of like, you know, I don't really see, yeah, well, like you said, I don't see it that way. Like, they, it, it seems to me like, like, Ragey and say like took better advantage over like uh, took more advantage over a disadvantage like that Miss Baker was trying to put like in their way. Like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like turned. Well, it they, on, they, they, they took they, they took a weakness. It. Yeah, they took a weakness and turned it into a strength, which is you know always an asset in in life and business everywhere. You know, or I guess maybe maybe the way to put it is people were upset that. Maybe like say saying Ragey would not have been able to do that if that timeout hadn't like happened. Like maybe they would have lost. Maybe the ashtray would have like kicked them to death or something. But uh, but I think I think they by that point they were both armless. So I don't think. I mean, yeah, the ashtray could have kicked them to death, but but the ashtray still could not use its high. High K, it's it's F A G I N, you know Chinese super move. Like w- unless he could use it through his fucking foot, which I highly doubt. The uh, the only other two things I, I liked in this episode, well, towards the end when they won, was Rinko like like you know is celebrating and she grabs like China and like Mister Rawl and like is hugging them and like Mister Rawl's like <laughs> like laughing goofily because like she's she's got him against like her chest or whatever, but. Like, this um, is the greatest fight ever. Yeah. And then, like, I just like the proving, like, he's, like, probably, like, the coolest character in the series. Like, you know, Meijin Kawaguchi just kind of smiles and goes, huh. Like, eh, you know, they're, they're, like, cool. Like, you know, my rival's, like, one. <laughs> he's like, hmm. The, the humph and the ho. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't have to speak, like, proper Japanese or English. I can just make these grunts and noises and I'm cool. I guess he's the the char of the series, so like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Oh. Awesome. All right. Well, I guess that will wrap things up for this week's episode of Mobile Suit Mondays. We thank you very much for listening to this episode of Mobile Suit Mondays. You can also listen to our other spin-off shows such as Transformers Tuesdays. Toku Thursdays, Sentai Saturdays, and of course, the Fan Holes podcast proper. We are on Stitcher Radio. You can stream our episodes on there. We are on iTunes. We always welcome some favorable reviews on iTunes. We are on the regular blog spot. We appreciate all the likes we receive on Facebook. We are on Twitter. So check us out on any of those awesome bits of social media. But until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. I'm Batman. <laughs> this is Mike, signing off. Potato chips, tomato, tana,
You think that if Niels was really like dedicated to this goal, like he could have like gotten his like ninja garb and like just broken through the window of like Saiyan Reiji's like you know hotel room and been like you know grabbed them by the shirts and been like you know what's the secret of the Plasky particles? What Tell me where the Plasky particles are. Like hold on, where is the that? window or something? Yeah. <laughs> where is that?